0: Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I'm the Hitcher. Let me put you in the picture, coming in your room in the dead of night with my solo polo vision. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss The Hitcher, which released in 1986, from writer Eric Red
1: and director Robert Harmon. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Jim Housley, who's travelling across the desert to deliver a car to California. Along the way, he picks up the Hitcher, played by Rutger Hauer. John Ryder is the Hitcher, and he has seen Jim as a target and is going to make his life and his journey a living hell. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured?
0: So the original script for this film was going to be about three hours long. Jesus. (laughs) It could have been a mini-series, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But no, this film was definitely made for the feature presentation, Um, but it just took a couple of rewrites to uh, take away some of the, you know, to trim the fat of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And incidentally, it's one of the discussions behind the scenes of this film that they still don't know why this film was a commercial failure when it released. Mm. And some of them thought it was maybe because from that three-hour script, they cut out a lot of the killings and a ton of the gore and decided that, yes, the film is going to be violent, but we're not going to go and watch the Hitcher kill this family, then kill this family, then kill these people. It's like, let's cut all that and just get right into picking up the Hitcher on the side of the road and just go. And so trimming all that stuff down. But then when the film came out, they were like, oh man, we probably should have put all that gore and violence in the movie. It didn't work,
1: Uh,
0: which is a real shame. But I, I, I do think that this film, since... It's, you know, theatrical release because of its reruns on TV and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I think this film is a real cult classic.
1: Well, I mean, when you say this film was a commercial failure, if it's associated to the canon group, it's not really going to hit high marks, is it? And I saw that come up at the start of my movie, and I was just like, oh, it's, it's them, you know? Like, okay, I can see why this movie has kind of stayed under the radar. I didn't see this until, like, I don't know, must have been late 90s, early 2000s. I'd heard of it, you know, I'd heard of Rookahoya, I'd heard of these great characters that he played and stuff, but, you know, if you didn't see his award-winning movies, like Blade Runner, you know, a lot of his other movies really went... Under the bridge, under the radar, you uh, yeah. know, fucking Split Second, I think, is one of them. Lady know? Hawk. Lady uh, Hawk. All, all, in... all of Rutgers' movies. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Salute of the Jugger, which is an absolute classic. So I I had seen him in a lot of movies and just thought, oh, you know what, he's really, really good. And then had the chance to watch The Hitcher. And then I remember, I think this must be my, my third time of watching it, but I will always remember it because of just his intensity oh absolutely and believe it or not he wasn't the
0: first one cast no no and the character the original audition went to sam elliott and wow. he was signed on to the project all the way up until the 11th hour where he dropped out now don't know whether it was because of scheduling conflicts yeah creative differences or his agent just went that film's going to be damaging to your career going against type with this villainous role sam elliott's career
1: would be damaged i mean i i, I don't know like, like top top movie of sam elliott off the top of your head big lebowski <laughs> you know, that's not really his movie <laughs> yeah, though he's like, just a big part but yeah no i'd heard as well in the notes that they were kind of looking for like a really gaunt. skeletal skeletal figure for john Ryder, so they were going to go with maybe sting you know and they were going to go with some other characters but then somebody handed it to rucka hoyer and and the same thing with him that he was like do i really want to take this character on you know i've been so many villains like this is just another one and then he read it and he he said to himself like if i'm gonna if this is my if this is my last ever villain this is the one i want to be Oh, hell yeah. And like you said, the intensity
0: that he brought to the set, he had that on and off camera. Wow. Uh, so much so that the actor playing Jim Halsey, C. Thomas Howell, said that there was times where he just felt really uncomfortable around him. Like he <laughs> he knew he had to work his ass off because he was going up against Jennifer Jason Leigh, who was just uh, method acting yes. as well. So she was in character on and off screen as well as Rutger. Uh, who just maintained this intensity about him yeah. so he just felt like out of his element under pressure and intimidated uh especially when uh, Rudger was also um ad libbing and uh upping the intensity that was not planned for instance <laughs> the, there's a scene where he ends up holding the knife right up to his eye and Rudger then scoops the tears as it drips down the knife that's just
1: the actors acting man i've got to give it to this director though or is it robert harman you know i didn't see a lot on his filmography that jumped out to me other than the Jesse Stone series with Tom Selleck. It's like nine movies. I don't need to see some Tom Selleck movies. <laughs> but he this this director just managed to capture things really, really well. Like 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 you said, Jim is driving along and you see the storm approaching and we'd already seen the silver beetle go past and you don't catch up on it at first until later on when you pass in it's you know it's, abandoned at the side of the road you're like whoa something something bad happened there but the fact that the storm's coming in and then John's getting into the car and there was this fucking awesome just sequence of Jim like saying to him like so where are you heading and John is just avoiding the answer you know he's just dragging that conversation out and then when he finally asks him again like where are you heading john looks at him and the lightning kind of flashes like you're looking at the devil at the moment and you don't even realize it what do you want
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's so funny (laughs) that's what the other guy said Eric Redd, the writer said that when he was you know coming up with the ideas it was one song and it was the the doors song riders on the storm oh, said nice. when he was listening to that the film just sort of wrote itself and so it's uh them two in the car as the thunder and lightning's going in the storm in the car with it with a serial killer essentially yeah and uh, it's just a great setup and uh, we're five minutes into the film yeah you know yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not a short film by any means either and uh it's just, it's just great that we're just there already. Like yeah. it starts here, and it, it's unrelenting right, right to the end. It was like they, they,
1: they stop at a construction like work, workman in the middle of the road, and you know John's just got the knife like next to Jim's nuts, and he's just like, just, just keep the engine going. And Jim is terrified. He wants to tell this worker what's going on, you know, because John's already admitted that he's cutting cut the arms, the legs, and the head off of the other driver, and that's his intention to kill Jim as well. But at the same time, this is this for me, I, I've only picked up this time. Is John He has he got a death wish? Does he want to die and everybody he comes across, he wants them to kill him because if they don't, he's going to kill them and he's going to move on to the next people. Well, just to
0: jump like an hour and 10 minutes or so into the film when they're sat at the restaurant and they've got, kind of got guns at each other underneath right. the table <laughs> kind of thing. And and Jim asks him, he's like, what do you want? And he just turns to him and says, you're a smart kid. You'll figure it out. So it's like, well, OK, that's our only answer. But yes, I do think. He absolutely does have a death wish. Well,
1: it's a bit in the car at the start because he says to him, he's got the knife and he's just like, repeat the four words after me. I want to die. You know, and he's forcing Jim to say these words and you know that Jim doesn't want to say it, but it's coming off of John so easy that I'm like, okay, if he's not supernatural, if John Ryder's not supernatural, he's not evil, he's not some satanic thing, he is just a crazy psychopath who is just killing and killing. He knows it's wrong. He knows it's bad and he knows he should be stopped but he's giving every one of his victims a chance to stop him and if you don't well you're gonna end up dead and i'll just move on to the next target i want you to stop me you, you got the knife you'll stick me with it before i can do anything
0: that's right so what have we got to lose stop me there's a lot of layers to the film that they don't really go anywhere. No, but no. It makes it makes the characters that little bit more interesting. Like, yeah, is this guy like where did he come from out out in the out in this desert? How yeah. long has he been doing this for? How many other killings are there? Did he just start today? Is he supernatural because he seems to teleport and always be wherever Jim's going to be throughout the rest of the film? Yeah, uh, because he does manage to uh, to get the upper hand on John Ryder in the car, uh, when when John had opened the door earlier and closed it, the light blinked and said it's ajar. So whilst he's being forced to say, I want to die, he says, I don't want to die. And he kicks him out of the car and it looks nasty as we see him roll. And it's not until the next morning where the camera dollies all the way up to him, ground level, as he gets up and then just stands tall, almost
1: proud, looking out like, there's something about that kid. I need to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this whole next bit. I mean, it always gets me. It's always what I remember about the hitcher is that Jim's just driving along. You know, he's really happy about himself that he's got rid of this crazy psychopath. You know, he's was accelerated. He, yeah. Was he telling the truth? You know, it's, it's woken him up because Jim was falling asleep a couple of hours there. And then we see the family station wagon pull past. And we see the kids in the back with their toy guns. And then all of a sudden we just see John is in the back of the car as well. And you're just like, no, no, he should not be there. And Jim pulls up alongside and he's screaming at the mum and dad like, he's a killer, get him out of your car. And he doesn't see the bus coming at him. So he has a bit of an accident. And I mean, yeah, continuity wise, time wise, there's really no... Like explanation for this because like he's only stopped for what 30 seconds, couple of minutes. But then by the time he gets up the road, he finds the station wagon is pulled along to the side and you don't see it. But then I suppose you don't really need to that whatever Jim sees inside the car is enough to make him vomit and that the family are dead. He ends
0: up wandering into this this workshop, this garage of some kind. Yeah,
1: looking for a phone, yeah. Yeah,
0: and uh, and John's just still playing with him. <laughs> he's still just toying with him.
1: He throws him the keys. He's like, there you go. There you go, come find <laughs> me. And he wanders off again. Well, he wanders and he gets into another truck. And I, like it shocked me this time because as he gets into the truck, you see like a little girl sat there in the middle. And you're thinking, fuck, he's about to kill these people because the next moment, like... Uh, Jim will stop at another gas station looking for another phone and John's already there inside the, the fucking garage behind a locked door with his car and he comes Piles out right through yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> in the truck and you're like shit he's already killed this family so John is just killing everybody else that he's coming across and he's kind of setting Jim up he, he what he tries to run Jim over
0: well he smashes the, the, the petrol pumps, pumps yeah. so there's gasoline everywhere and he just hangs out of his car he's like I'm just going to drop this match now. Yeah. (laughs) Just see uh, Jim just like getting up off his feet and running away trying to get into his car to take off before (laughs) the petrol station goes up and a huge fireball.
1: Barely. The fucking car's on
0: fire as he's driving away. (laughs) Now, interestingly, uh, I didn't realize this, but Rutger Hauer is a bit of a stuntman himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They were setting up the shot of the car plowing through and into the pumps and the stunt driver, he tried it coming through and he was like, oh, I missed it. And he's got to turn and power and pull back and then smash it and... Hauer went. Oh no, no no no! Look, roll the cameras, get the film in there. I'm going to do it live right now. Yeah. And he just ploughed right through, and that's Rutger Hauer
1: driving himself, doing doing his on um, the majority of his own stunts. Hell yeah, oh, <laughs> man! It's Rudger fucking Howard, man. This guy can fucking act like he puts he puts a background and some layers onto these what would be normal fucking easy characters to portray that you're always questioning, like. Who are they? Where have they come from? What is the history? Where are they going? All this stuff. From just his his face, his eyes. You know, he... Yeah, all right, he does look like a replicant in some shots. But it's just the way that he will just look at you. And you're like, that's, that's evil behind there. Oh, absolutely. Evil personified, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a shout out to Jennifer Jason Lee. We do. I mean, like, her playing Nash. You know, we get introduced to her getting off this bus and walking into the diner. And kind of setting up the diner. Now... What is it about Jennifer Jason Leigh? I keep coming across movies with her in and they are awesome. I think she's got a really good agent. <laughs> <She> <laughs> just... they, they know exactly what type of films that she needs to be in. Well, she's a really good actress that she elevates the role that oh, she, she does. that makes you remember her and wants to come back and watch the film. So like this little introduction with her and Jim.
0: Well, she actually said uh, that she wanted to uh, to to be in
1: this film because
0: she liked this character. Uh, but it was really because she wanted to work in another movie with Rodka Hauer
1: because yeah. she had just the year previous. Yeah. <laughs> And she meets with Jim and Jim just looks like shit, you know? And he's just like, Look, I need to go to the, the bathroom. I need to wash off all this petrol and stuff like that. And so then when he comes back out, they're kind of, they're just friendly you know, it's still early. There's no other customers. But it's really
0: nice. I mean, she's just made him up this 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 cheeseburger yeah. and
1: chips like half hour before they're
0: supposed to open. She's looking after him. Yeah. And she's kind of feeling sorry for him. Yeah. Um, especially, well, she was disgruntled at first that he was there. But yeah, now she feels sorry for him. And we watch him eating and uh, she starts talking to him. But he is in shock.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he, shock. Like
0: reality is starting to come around him now and remind him of what he's just been through. Yeah. And she wanders off again and he ends up eating the chips until he picks up a finger and he almost bites into <laughs> yeah, it like... before he runs outside to vomit at the exact time that the police turn up and arrest him they put yeah. him in the back of the car and he sat there like this lost sheepdog you know just like what, what happened
1: and, and she's looking like did, was I just feeding a serial killer what What? was the finger real or was it just a hallucination because of all the stuff he'd gone through because if it was real then John had already turned up at the cafe taken somebody's finger snuck in when Jim wasn't looking stuck it on his plate and then fucked off again I think that's all he
0: did actually <laughs> was just put the finger on the plate I mean we see him at one point like John's got um, like two wedding rings on his finger, yeah. Yeah, he's like, So was he married, or did he just hack somebody's fingers Fingered up off, and stole yeah. their rings? Um, so yeah, I think maybe that, that's what he did. Jesus,
1: oh my god, he put that there, he put that there. So I've also got a shout out Billy Green Bush uh, playing uh, Trooper Donner, who's one of the cops that pick him up. It's the dad from Critters. Right. Yeah, I was like, I know. I I, I went through like four different horror movies and then realized that it's the fucking dad from Critters. And they they arrest Jim and they take him back to the police station and they sit him down they're interrogating him. And he's giving them his information. Look, if you call this number, this is the rental company. That's where I got the car from. And they ring them up and they're just like, Nope, nobody's answering. Well, here's my brother's number. Maybe if you ring him, you'll get more information. Nope, your brother's not answering. And it's like they decide to throw him in the cell and they all say to each other, like one of the cops says like, that's not the killer. You can blatantly tell he's not. And, and Jim lies down, and it's like, wow, he's actually safe. There's no way that John Ryder can get into this police station and get him while he's in his cell. Maybe not physically, no. but
0: <laughs> mentally. Yes. Because we see this nightmare sequence where he's back in the car, yeah. and John is tapping on the window, you know, and uh, it startles him and wakes him up, because it sounds like gunfire. thunder or gunfire. Gunfire, yeah. And uh, he realizes that his cell door's open. Yes. And the, the canines are walking around. And he's just like, and you've realized
1: all the police officers in this station are dead. Yeah. It's like, what? The, what? John's just turned up and fucking killed these motherfuckers and then just unlocked the cell and left again. It's like, what is his intention? Like, is he, does he want to kill Jim? Does he want Jim to kill him? Is it just all some big game and plot and John's going to see how far he can take it? Because, you know, his death wish is just, it's just completely psychotic. But, you know, Jim comes out of the police station just as a a bunch of other cops turn up and he he runs off into the desert. So now it's all just, look, you know, all the cops think it's all Jim. There's no evidence that, you know, John even exists. And so after hiding out for a little bit,
0: he uh, watches this bus pull up and everybody gets out. He waits until this guy's not looking as he sneaks on, hides in the bathroom. Waits for everybody to come back on the bus and it takes off and uh, he sneaks out and sits there until he realizes that Nash, <laughs> coincidentally, yes. is on the way to use the bathroom at the back of the bus. And so he grabs her into the bathroom and he's like, look, i got this gun on you, but I'm not going to kill you. I don't want to kill anybody. You got to believe me. She's like, OK, then I believe I do believe you, but oh. not really. It's only when the police turn up and they stop the bus and they get him out. And these police officers are just waiting. They're just itching to kill him yeah. because they killed—he you know, apparently killed so many other police officers today. Well, that's
1: it. We already—we we kind of missed the part where he was—he'd he, been picked up by those two police officers, or he took him at gunpoint, and then he's got in the car, and as they're driving, John comes along and just shoots the two cops and they have this crash and Jim's screaming like no and he even attempts to commit suicide but he can't bring himself to it oh, it's a wonderful moment where like the sun breaks yeah. out of the clouds and it's yeah. just like no don't you do it Jim the there's a plan for you beautiful mountain shot as well like I said the, the, the director could just capture these really nice visuals well believe it or not the, the, the director of the film
0: before this was a photographer a stills photographer oh nice he went into film and then was like yeah I want to shoot film but the thing the thing that I think really makes this film stand out, other than the music and the and the script yeah. and the actors, um, is the cinematography in this yeah. film. Oh, yeah. It's, it's absolutely striking. John Seal, um, who you'll recognize as the cinematographer for The Perfect Storm. Nice. Or something more appropriate to this film, Mad Max Fury Road. And oh, that's one of my favourite, if not yes. the best, action movie you know in a desert yes and uh, so going all the way back to to this film you can just see when you see those desert landscapes just like <sighs> And there's something this this photographer, sorry, this um, the cinematographer ha- has said is that you know he he likes to put the camera in positions where you can actually put a camera. Yes. He yes. doesn't like to you know have sets where there's a f- missing wall so that you can move the camera around where it shouldn't be able to go. Um, he said that breaks the illusion of reality for him. Mm-hmm. So he likes to be in those spaces with them, like in the jail cell. Yes. Sat in the passenger yes, seat of the car. The he car, wants to be yeah, involved and yeah. bring you in there. And yeah. I just think he perfectly gets those those lovely wide shots where the cars or the people are miniature yes you know to the image all the way up to the close-ups in the car where he's capturing every nuanced action and reaction on their faces i just think he is one of the best cinematographers working yeah Uh, and and yeah so visually this film is stunning to
1: look at well, that's it. I mean, we so we've had those two cops die in a crash. We've had the cops die at the police station. You know, Jim's being pulled off of the the bus by these two other cops. One of them being played by Dale from The Fucking Walking Dead. Uh, played by Jeffrey DeMunn. And, like, yeah, he's he's angry and he wants to kill Jim. And luckily, well, I say luckily, unluckily, john had already given bullets to jim to put in his gun because his gun was unloaded and so now obviously nash has got the gun she fires it off and she and her and jim they they grab the keys for the police car they jump in the police car and they drive off And you're thinking, well, what are they going to do now? You know, they're obviously being chased by these cops. And then all of a sudden, you get this fucking awesome cop car chase going on. Where they're blasting shotguns at the police car. And Nash is screaming over the radio like, we're going to give ourselves up or stop shooting us. What are you doing? And you can just feel that the intensity is just ramping up. And then, like, they... They manage to break, don't they? And so the two police cars crash and and topple over each other. And you're like, oh, fucking hell, you've just killed more cops. But hopefully you've escaped. And then you get that, like you said, that great cinematography shot of them coming up to the hill. And then the helicopter just come up. And you're like, oh, it ain't over. (laughs) Right? Oh, it ain't because here comes John Ryder (laughs) as
0: well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, the, the two of them are, are racing away. And this cop car is falling to pieces. It's yes. been hit with shotgun blasts, rifle blasts. You know, it's a wonder it is actually still moving. But I, I do love the moment where he's just like, grab the shotgun. And he can't break it free. Yeah. He's like, grab the gun and shoot out the tires. He's like, I'm not shooting at the police. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, God bless you too. you You're so innocent. <laughs> yeah. You had you're a really shit time of it. Uh, but yeah, the moment you you pull the gun out and start shooting back, then yeah, you, you
1: know. Yeah. Uh
0: but yeah they they never return fire on the police at all which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and but it is John Ryder that turns up in that black truck and that hand cannon he's got. Yeah. He just fires some shots at that helicopter. You don't see the shots connect. No. You, you just see some smoke and before you know it a huge fireball as it crashes into the road. Yeah. The cop cars crash into crash that into too. Yeah. <laughs> A psychological thriller or a horror movie, you
1: don't expect Blues Brothers chase scenes, do you? Man, it's (laughs) canon. They love the chase sequences, they love the big explosions. They're like, Look, people don't want to just see story driven characters, they want explosions and shit. You're like, (laughs) Yeah! 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 So they, they finally, well, the car falls apart and they, they abandon it and they're making their way to this kind of truck stop motel and Nash has now seen John Ryder and so she knows that, look, you know, we've got this crazy intense motherfucker who can shoot down helicopters with a pistol and I've got this guy who is a bit of a weakling and doesn't know what he's doing and is constantly in shock so we're kind of going kind to of bond together. And they they get to the motel and she goes to ring her dad. And he's just like, look, just don't. Just stay off the phone. Just get some sleep. We're just going to try and rest. And he gets up and goes and has a shower. And while he's in the shower, John just appears in the fucking room. It's
0: that awesome shot where you hear the truck start up outside and drive off and the light sort of reflects and reveals him in the room. Yeah. It's like, oh man, how the the fuck did he get there? Of course, he clearly followed them from after shooting the chopper down. Yeah. Uh, But he ends up in the next shot, we see him in the bed with Nash. Creepy as fuck. Yeah, exactly. She thinks it's Jim and, you know, they have that affectionate sort of touch until she realises. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now, again, in the original script, full blown sex scene was here. Oh right. Uh, but they were like, Yeah, we don't need we don't, we don't need, need it. that. It's like you know, that one of the I think it was the director just went, Look, like it's hard to believe that these two characters after what they've been through, yes, there may be in the future some kind of relationship. Yeah, but yeah. for them to just have sex at this point in time would have just felt off. And even Jennifer Jason Lee went, Uh, oh, it's such a Hollywood cliche to do. Let's yeah. not
1: not do it. Let's not do it. But this this builds up to the one sequence in the hitcher that I've never i've never really liked i think it's a bit much but at the same time it works for the characters and the story but still if it wasn't there i don't know i think the film needs
0: to have that that gut punch it yeah. needs to have that high
1: moment but have we not already had enough you know between the family murder between the description oh, of I, what I, john's done to people it, i the think cop it, it killings. is
0: the thing is yeah okay yeah all those killings yeah they're bad but those are all characters we've had like two seconds of screen time with and don't really care for. Yeah. So Nash, because of the way she's introduced as this, you know, taking in this, this lost lamb and feeding him and sheltering him and believing in him to do what the film does to her is, is the moment. And I think it's one of the things that helps make you remember this film because, because of how, graphic your imagination is because the film doesn't show you anything but it does like subliminally in a way that when you watch his pedal you know when his foot on the pedal when you see the tires moving when you see the close-ups of the bound blooded hands in the rope and then when you hear the scream as the truck drives away like you don't need to see it your mind and her scream (sighs) the tearing is
1: there so intense you know because fucking dale's telling jim like we believe you we you understand we can't <laughs> kill him because if he lets his foot off the, uh, the off clutch the gun, it will clutch, roll it will roll and it's going to rip her in two and you see jennifer jason lee caught between the trailer and the truck and he and john Ryder's just there just like kill me come on kill me if you don't kill me his foot's going on the side like, yeah grab the gun just, put it at my head and do it yeah and it just like it like it solidifies again for me that all john wants is death yes he he does he's not getting it at all but he
0: also wants it to be jim that does it
1: yeah (laughs) because
0: that's his test that's his trial by fire that he's putting this kid through
1: uh
0: Uh, you know and yeah he 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 can't he can't kill john he puts the gun back down and you know he puts the foot puts his foot down on the pedal and drives off Yeah, some people have still said, oh, oh, it was bloody and gory and horrible. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I, you it know was what? your
1: imagination. Weirdly enough, I remember when I was younger, people saying that to me, like, you need to watch a hitch, or a girl gets pulled apart by a truck. And then when I did watch it, I was like, did she? <laughs> did she? <laughs> did she? No, she didn't. But at the same time, like I said, it's the one bit I always hate, because I love Jennifer Jason Lee, I love her character. And I just think it's so harsh, like you said. It is. I, yeah. We've got grown with her, and now she's dead. And Jim... Like John gets arrested, he gets taken to the police station, he's interrogated, and there's like a whole like dark night sequence there where the cops just like, he's got no ID, he's got no fucking identification, he's got no fingerprints, we don't even know, like where it's gonna be yeah. at least a couple of days. Until we actually find his evidence. But at this moment, this guy doesn't even exist. Yeah.
0: I love we've got Armin Shimmerman sat there Armin questioning yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: what is your name? <laughs> Who are you? And
0: yeah, behind the glass, Jim and Damund are watching in. And he's like, I want to talk to him. Yeah. Oh, nothing else is working. I'll take you in there. And he just spits in his face. <laughs> i
1: spit in his face. And
0: then you know, they, he gets carted off. He's just like, well, clearly this isn't working. But it's, it, it's the fact that Ryder sits there. You know, and starts playing with the saliva, and this big grin on his face, like like he
1: needed it or wanted that reaction. Yeah, but again, it's... what does it mean? <laughs> well, yeah, what does it mean? Because because we see John being taken to the prison bus, and he's going to be transported off somewhere, and he's you know, this guards all armed with shotguns, and Jim's just well there is, a,
0: there is a. I mean I thought it was slightly important where Jim is sat down with a doctor and the doctor is looking him over yeah. and going you know I can't see really any physical problems with you but you might still want to see a doctor to get a full examination I was like his problems now Jim's problems now are not physical they yeah. are clearly mental yeah. after everything that he's just been put through this is not the same person we saw in the car at the beginning no. of the film like two days ago yeah. he's already changed yeah. and it's this conversation where he's in the police Car with with Jeffrey DeMunn, you know, and DeMunn's like, all right, what what's your problem? As he's stolen his gun and he's holding him at gunpoint, like, take me to the prison bus. I need
1: to kill him. That's it. Jim knows that unless he physically sees John Ryder dead, that he is always going to be tormenting and he's always going to catch him up. Yeah. And for me, it's a bit weird because, like, how does he escape? in well, the, the bus s-
0: it's the same way he killed all the police at the police station he got the finger on the plate like how he managed to get into their hotel their motel room That's and it.
1: string her up to this truck and like he's just sat there playing with his cuffs and I'm like oh we're going to see him pick him in a minute but he doesn't he just kind of looks up and then as as Jim is pulling up with the police car you know, we hear a couple of shotgun blasts, the back door of the bus kicks open, fucking Rutger Hauer launches himself into the windscreen of the car, just like, hey Jim, how you doing? And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, and luckily Jim hits the brakes and sends John flying out of the windscreen again onto the road, and he's just waiting for him to get up, and then he fucking hits him again, doesn't he? Well,
0: yeah, he does, yeah, yeah, because he does get up and hits him, hits him with a car, and down he goes, and... You think he's pretty much dead.
1: Oh, no, he's motherfucker ain't dead unless he's missing yeah. a face. Well,
0: in the original <laughs> script, this is what they decided to change this. Um, Jim gets out of the car and just blasts him with a shotgun while he's not moving on the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but they were like, eh, it's probably going to give us an X rating. Yeah. Um, like, usually when the hero puts the villain down, the villain's just about to get them. Yeah. So to have it look kind of reversed in a way, they were like, no, it needs to... We need to show that he's still under threat. Yeah. So having him get back up again and then get shot down
1: like in a fully bloody explosion as he falls off screen well that's it this whole ending as well i like i think this like i said this is whole the whole death wish that john wanted because he has that shotgun and he has he could have just walked up and just blasted jim in the car but he's just blasting shot off after shot off and he's letting jim get the car ready to run him down and then he plays dead for a little bit so then when Jim turns, John just gets back up, he knows he's done, he knows he's bloodied, and Jim just kind of turns, blam, and you send him off, off screen, and it's such a really cool credit sequence as well, because Jim is just sat next to the car lighting a cigarette. Yeah, like he was at the start. Like he was at the start.
0: But he's not the same person anymore. No, <laughs> and I keep
1: expecting John to appear again yeah. and fucking yeah. jump
0: behind him. Um, now, there is also one... Uh, it's actually one of my favourite scenes as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's at this moment where... Uh, before before he does kill him with the shotgun, when he thinks he's already dead, he goes over there and at the end of the barrel of the gun. Yeah. He starts caressing Ryder's head or his hair. Yeah, like... And, you know, the director said that to him that was... Um, Jim saying thank you to John because no. Jim kind of understood what 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 it was he wanted and what it, he's done to him like according to the director like if you asked the character of, of, uh, of Jim Halsey if he would if he could go back in time and make it sure so that he never picked up that hitchhiker or would he just go no actually let me pick up that hitchhiker so I can be who I am now at the end of this film he reckons himself. that's where yeah, he would choose that yeah I was like, that's an interest i mean that's what the director said you could read it differently well, that's it i mean but... how
1: many more people would john uh, would john kill if jim was never there to stop
0: him but it was not so know? much about just stopping the the hitchhiker it was so much uh about how he p- developed as a person as a character himself strengthened him for you know forever Whether it steeled him against the you know what's to come or completely destroyed him
1: psychologically Dude, after what he's been through It. I don't think PTSD strengthens anybody. I think it torments them for the rest of their lives. But that's,
0: that's just me. Well, you well know? that would well, Yeah, so who knows what the Hydra was trying to do then? <laughs>
1: that's good. You know what to do. Now do it. Squeeze
0: yeah what were your favorite scenes
1: oh man i like i i had so much fun i mean it's it's rocahoya like how how can you not enjoy pretty much every fucking sequence that he's in and just playing with you the audience the characters the camera i i think for me mainly though i for this for this review i've just loved a lot of the visuals you know like i love that lightning shot on on john's face like seven minutes in i think it was And I just love that. I love the the wide open shot where Jim was about to kill himself after the two cops have died. And I see you've got the car, you've got Jim, you've got the whole mountainside. It's just so picturesque. Like everything, like the whole action sequence with the car chase and everything, that was so well done as well. I I kind of wish that, you know, uh, Jeffrey DeMond's captain character had had a little bit more because... By the end, it was nice that he and, he and Jim are having this conversation. But the same way that, you know, he's saying to Jim, like, you're going to be in an awful lot of trouble for this. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. You know what he's been through. In fact, you should be saying to him, like, I'll come with you so we can make sure he's... M-. Like, I know justice is supposed to... Be justice, but the motherfucker takes a combat shotgun, kills two, three more cops in a bus, and leaps out. This motherfucker is the Terminator. He has to fucking die. What's your favourite sequences?
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) like near enough the whole film. Uh, I think the uh, the introduction is really really strong. I, I love the the scene where he's in the car with him and he's just like, tell you know, repeat after me. Yes. I want to die. Um, and I also love the celebration he gives when uh, when he kicks him out of the car and he's driving <laughs> Fuck away. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's such a triumph, you know. And it's uh, it's like oh boy, like Ooh. you, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh that poor family. You <laughs> wish
1: you'd have kept him in the car.
0: Um, I really like the interrogation scene when they first uh, bring Jim in and sit him down yep. and question him. And the you know they're phoning up, like you said, the the company and the brother and. Yeah, and when they take him into the cell, and then the, the the following nightmare. Yes. Um, and then him walking out afterwards to see the the carnage that occurred. Yeah, just the whole sequence. It just flows really, really, really well.
1: Yeah.
0: One of, if not my absolute favourite scene in the film, and I think it's one of Rutger Hauer's best performances as well it's when the two of them are sat in that diner the restaurant yeah he looks under the table and he turns up and he's just like you forgot to load it there's no bullets in that gun (laughs) and then he puts his finger in the barrel of the gun and he's like now i'm gonna shoot you with my gun and he bangs the table (laughs) and of course jim just jumps and he's just click 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 the panic the fear the tension (laughs) And he ends up putting these coins in his eyes like you would, you like know, a uh, like a dead body so that yeah. they can pay Chiron on the other side or what have you. Yeah. Um, but just the dialogue, the interplay, his facial reactions, his wink as he sits down. Yeah. He's just like, you know, they're, surra- they're in broad daylight. They're surrounded by people, yet he's still utterly powerless to do anything against him. It's yeah. A brilliant scene. Um. Like I said, I-, I like the scene where, um. you know, at the end where he's caressing his hair <laughs> slightly with the-, the barrel of the shotgun. It's just like... Ooh, that's a, w- a weird moment at the mm. end of the film like <laughs> the whole film really yeah <laughs> so many memorable moments of course you're not going to forget uh, jennifer jason lee being split in two even Ooh. though you don't see it yeah you, you, your brain will paint it for you yeah the action scenes with the two police cars spinning a helicopter crashing that moment where howard pops up from behind the the family car
1: seat <laughs> uh, just yeah ian Do you recommend The Hitcher? I definitely recommend The Hitcher. And I think as well, it's one of those 80s classic cult movies that when it came out, it just maybe came out at the wrong time. You know, it came out at a time where other people were wanting to see something else. You know, it happened to The Thing. And The Thing is an absolute classic. And I think this is just another one. If you need any reason to watch this movie, Rookahoya, you know, that's it. He... The man can act. He can hold a screen. He just delivers his lines so amazingly. And then on top of that, the actors that he works with, they do their absolute best to kind of outdo him because he's so good. You know, like we said, the guy playing Jim, he's not. As well known as you think he is, like, like I, I heard, like, he, oh, I read that he'd done like a bit part in ET as one of the kid characters. So I was like, oh, well, that's cool. But this, I think, you'll always remember him, you know, because of how he had to go up against, you know, the John Ryder character. The action is crazy. There's fucking deaths all over the place. And by the end of it, you just want to pull out a cigarette and go. Phew before i get into my uh,
0: recommendation i do just want to quickly say there is only one hitcher movie yes there was no remake and there no was no sequel really Nope. oh no nope. wikipedia said there was it's
1: wrong oh okay <laughs>
0: I highly recommend The Hitcher. It's a brilliant psychological thriller with a heavy dose of horror and action. The whole film is like a nightmare that just gets worse and more unpredictable as it goes. It's unrelenting from start to finish. The performance from C. Thomas Howell was great, showed his innocence, he expressed the shock and confusion so well. Of course, Rutger Hauer was fantastic, creating a truly frightening monster that will linger in anyone's minds before picking up any real hitchhikers. <laughs> yeah, no. It's one of his greatest performances, utterly captivating. The whole supporting cast really nailed their roles too. The film also looks stunning, thanks to John Seale's fantastic cinematography, highlighting the scenery with great composition, providing good close-ups for the performances, and wide, well-framed action pieces. The atmosphere of dread hangs over every scene, aided by a really good soundtrack by Mark Isham. The story is simple and it's easy to follow the characters because they're likeable and interesting. It has a great pace, a few jump scares, really good lighting and some gore. The implied violence and imagery is still very strong. The chase scenes are entertaining, the explosions satisfying and the kills horrifying. It's a shame this failed to reach its audience in the cinema, but thanks to TV reruns, this has become a cult classic worthy of some shelf space. It's a great film. Whatever you do, don't stop for the hitcher. (laughs) Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.